0: ladies and gentlemen welcome on back to mind your popcorn i'm one of your two hosts ricky uniac and i'm clark i'm sorry chuck do you want to say that again
1: and i'm chuck clark
0: <laughs> i think i think you froze a bit um it's all right it only it only took 41 episodes for us to botch an intro again it's okay um I feel like I have to get something off my chest, something we actually just talked about in the pre-show, something that I'm deeply ashamed about. Um, we missed our first birthday last week. Um, I don't know how this happened because I had actually made a mental note, I think, a couple episodes ago. Because um, when, w- when I upload the episodes, I could see all of our previous episodes. And every, every now and then I still scroll through them. Um, and I saw the dates and I was like, oh, that, that's like, you know, the like go week out. I'm like, I should probably remember to mention that on that, po- on that week's episode. And not only did we not mention on that week's episode, but that week's episode happened to drop on the birthday. So bad job out of us, I guess, as podcast hosts.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know what they, I, uh, didn't even it didn't not register. It was not on my radar in the slightest. Um, I, the high. I was saying the hiatus that we took yes. kind of threw off my mental adjustment. You know what I mean? Per, yeah, we, so.
0: we slipped into like a two and a half month coma there, at like the end of summer or beginning of fall, um, where it was just it. It became impossible for us to all follow because it was us three at the time. It became impossible for the three of us to find a night that worked for every single person um but anywho so officially been doing this a year which is kind of cool um i don't know what that says about us though that it really wasn't on either of our radars i guess it's a good thing because like what wh- what's the saying it, it if you love your job not that this is either of our jobs but if you love your job you'll never work a day in your life
1: yeah they say that
0: Yeah. I mean, this could be our job if everybody wants to start graciously donating to us and paying our car bills and rent and and all the above. But um, no. So it was our 40th episode last week. It was it was the one year birthday. And um, today for episode 41, if I'm not mistaken, we are going to be. Reviewing a couple different things, so uh, we're about to get into some Super Bowl recap. So, if you missed last week's episode, we actually had um, our good buddy Duran on um, from the League Me podcast, where we kind of previewed the Super Bowl. We talked about some of the commercials, um, some of the movie trailers that were sort of like rumored to drop during it, um, and we're kind of gonna go back and and revisit some of those talking points and kind of go over what what we saw, what we liked, and whatnot, and then. We're also going to be reviewing, I guess we can now call it season one because it just got renewed for season two, uh, season one of Peacemaker, which is the HBO series. It's the spinoff from uh, James Gunn's Suicide Squad film that released last year just involving um, peacem- John Cena's Peacemaker. So it was like a spinoff series. And the finale dropped today. We're recording this on the 17th. So I think we've maybe only spent like a combined 20 seconds talking about this series like in previous episodes. So we'll kind of go over the entire season as a whole and and whatnot. But let's just talk about it first. The Super Bowl was last weekend. Um, The Rams defeated the Bengals in what was kind of a very strange game. It felt like like both teams kind of suffered some game or had some game changing injuries like once OBJ went down for the Rams i think that was what the beginning of the third quarter no it was the second quarter oh second quarter okay so second quarter and then uh Joey B went down either late third or early fourth i already can't remember but it was, it was the second half
1: it was the fourth quarter
0: fourth quarter okay yeah once i mean once OBJ went down you could tell that the Rams offense was just not the same and then Joey B kind of got his leg twisted. I think they actually came out and announced that it was a sprained MCL that he toughed out. Um, and he, man, he, he kind of almost pulled that out. There was kind of a little bit there on that last drive where I was like, is Joey B going to do this? Uh, but ultimately the Rams came out on top. I think the final score was 24 to 20. Low scoring affair. If he took the over, I'm sorry. Um, but overall, like I would say a pretty solid game. I mean, what did you think about it?
1: It was a good game, obviously, as a man who was highly leveraged bet wise on the Cincinnati Bengals. I was extremely mm. disappointed That's in right. that aspect, but, you know, can't say it was a bad game. Um, pretty exciting. The refs, I think, did a pretty good job for 85 percent of the game.
0: Yeah, that um, there were some calls there in the fourth that it's like. I really liked the way the game was officiated up until like that last six and a half minutes. And then they decided to start calling everything, which was questionable. But I digress.
1: Yeah. But, you know, I can't say they, they gate, you know, the Rams earned it. No mm-hmm. doubt about that. I'm not upset that the Rams won or anything like that. So, you know, nothing crazy in terms of that. So you said you bet on the Bengals. Did you bet on Bengals outright?
0: Like yeah, money line. Oh, okay. unfortunately, they covered the spread?
1: They covered the spread, but I only took them against the spread in one of my ticket parlays, and I took a lot of money line bets. So that was I think unfortunate. I the same.
0: I would have done the same thing. I, I really did. Really, not saying I thought the Bengals were going to win, but I thought. Well, I guess I, I did think the Bengals were going to win. Um, I really liked the value because what were they like plus two sixty?
1: Uh, it was, I can't, I, I, I threw away all the tickets, so I can't ah, look at it, it but, uh, it, a was, it was, it was pretty good value. But, uh, what I was really bad about, I had one exact score bet: Bengals 26 Rams 23, the score I said on this podcast last week. And if they had walked off the Bengals had had a walk off touchdown with zero seconds left.
0: I thought it was twenty four twenty Rams. Was it 20? It's twenty oh, three right, twenty? It was twenty three twenty. Oh, you're right. It was a field goal to win the, or to tie the game. You're right. Okay.
1: Oh my God. Yeah. If it was a walk off tuddy, you would have cashed. If it was, what was a walk off on that. If, if it was a it was plus 000, 5 bucks to win thirteen hundred dollars. Oh. Yes. <laughs> and if the walk off touchdown had been to Jamar Chase, I basically would have cashed half my parlays. So, man. Would you have some Jamar Chase anytime touchdown? Yep.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Dang. Did Did you bet on um? Did, did the Rams cash you on any anytime touchdowns? Like, did you have Cup and OBJ?
1: I parlayed them all, so unfortunately, I didn't win on anything. Which is a lesson as I go into March Madness. Yes. A discipline. Be more straight bets. Like, I think for my Super Bowl, I had like four straight bets and like. 15 parlays it's going to be more like for march madness it's going to be like 14 straight bets for parlays you know what i mean
0: what are the odds well i know they haven't released march madness odds but like if, if you had to guess what the odds would be like if you were just to take like all one seeds winning in the first round that's still probably like what minus 550
1: yeah, I mean it's it's gonna be yeah it's gonna be something like that where it's like kind of pointless to bet on them money line. Yeah, you, you have to bet on the spread if you want any value, and I don't know that I'll. Well, you know, obviously we're ways away from our advantage, but I'm gonna be start diving into the research for at least the teams that are considered one through six seeds because they're pretty much locks as of this point in the season.
0: Yeah.
1: Um. Yeah. So. But yeah, like my my strategy this year, I'm going to look at basically some stats like average points per game, three points, whatever, and then try and see if I can match up how many times they went over the standard deviation or below the standard deviation for those numbers. See if this you know what I mean. But, uh, you know, it's it's March Madness, you know, bet on those 512 matchups, you know, because that's a popular upset spot. There's 11 sixes.
0: Even like, even like 13-4, like I, I think like what, I there's, there's crazy stats that like, I think every single year for the last however many years, there's been at least one 12 seed that's upset a
1: five seed in the first yeah. round. I, and I think, I have to double check this, but I think one of the play in 11-12, like the power five schools, I think they've won, one of them has won their first round game In like five of the, since they introduced it, like five of the past six tournaments, obviously the first year they did at VCU went to the bottom four. So that was crazy, but, um, yeah. So sort of unrelated
0: here. Um, but we were talking about March Madness and I wanted to get your, your off, uh, off the top takes or off the top of your head takes on, uh, my, my list that I compiled on Twitter the, the other day. I don't remember why, oh, because it's NBA trade, trade deadline day, which I happen to really, really love. And I decided, like, nobody asked for this, but let me tweet out what I believe to be the top 10 days of the year. Mm. So I'm gonna read you my list from 10 to one. These are, These are ranked, like, so I do value one more than 10. They're not interchangeable. Number 10, I have Christmas Eve. Mm. Would be higher if me personally, if I didn't have to work at least a half day when it falls on a weekday. Um, number nine, I have NBA trade deadline day. Eight, I have your birthday. Now not yours individually, Chuck, like anyone your own right. birthday.
1: Reader of this tweet's birthday.
0: Right. Um now number seven, I did put Chuck's birthday. So this is no, I'm totally joking. Um, I had the Saturday before Memorial Day because I believe that that is – I believe that to be when summer officially starts. You have that long weekend, Saturday before Memorial Day. If you live in the Midwest or the East Coast or somewhere where similar weather just starts to get consistently warm, really, really fun. Six, Super Bowl Sunday. Mm. Number five, the day your tax refund hits, whatever day that may be. 4. The first day of March madness. First day of March madness is I I honestly might be able to put this at 1. It's just magical. 3. The 4th of July. 2. Christmas and 1. Can you guess what number 1 is? I'm looking at your list on Twitter. Oh, you Oh, crap. Well, it's Thanksgiving. I have Thanksgiving as number 1. Um just we're talking about March Madness, and I forgot like that. I had I, I wanted to go back and see if I did include that in, in my list, and I did. And it rounds out the top four. And I just I'm you got me all excited for March Madness now. And you said it's not that you said it's kind of far out, but it's only a month away.
1: Yeah, it's only a month away. Uh, Selection Sunday is if I'm if my memory serves, I'll actually be in Myrtle Beach for the. Uh, um, yep. I'll be in Myrtle Beach the week, the first week of March Madness.
0: That'll be fun. Are there any There's no casinos in South Carolina, are there? I
1: don't know what the league gambling uh, laws in South Carolina are, so I'm going to have to look that up. But uh, I'll be there for a golf tournament, with my dad.
0: Let me ask you something because you have mobile sports betting now where you live over in Maryland. If you're not in Maryland, can you place a bet?
1: Yeah. Well, no, I don't have mobile sports betting. We don't have mobile sports betting in Maryland.
0: Oh, you don't have mobile. Okay. Just okay. casinos. Just casinos. mobile's still coming. That's right. That's right. Okay. Do you know though, like if you live in a state that has mobile sports betting and then you're traveling to a state that does not, will your mobile app work still?
1: Uh, a lot of the way it works is you have they have different mobile apps for different states, so you download the. DraftKings book for Pennsylvania for, you know what I mean? Because okay. they have different, because different states have different rules. For example, in Illinois, apparently you can bet on any sport unless it involves an Illinois team. Oh. Or, or at least for an Illinois college team. And I'm sure I think the bears might be different, but you know what I mean? Well, like in
0: Ohio, like if you're doing like any daily fantasy stuff, you can't do it for college. Um, And we just legalize sports betting. So, I'm going to rephrase my question. Somebody lives in in uh, West Virginia where there is sports betting. It's mobile. They're going home to Ohio to stay with their parents for the weekend where you can not. Well, it's legal, but they don't have any supported apps for it yet. You you cannot like your what your mobile betting app for West Virginia won't work in Ohio. Right, 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 right. Uh,
1: Okay, that's interesting. So I won't be able. Hmm. Whoa, 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 whoa! You're saying if you're from Ohio, you won't be able to bet in West Virginia? No, 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 no!
0: I no, I was just putting myself in in that hypothetical person's shoes. So, like, if you're traveling, because you said you're going to South Carolina,
1: which so does not have gambling,
0: apparently. so you won't be able to place any bets mobily while you're in right.
1: South Carolina. Okay, right. that that, but that like, was my question. If I go to a Penn State game with my dad, I could download the DraftKings, Fanduel, whatever apps are legal in Pennsylvania. Yeah. Book and bet, place bets that way, okay. Okay, oh man,
0: Ohio just legalized it, and it, it's not going to be ready for March Madness, and it probably won't even be ready for the start of this next football season, which is like 200 days away, which is upsetting. But anywho, kind of going back to the Super Bowl a bit here. So, um, we talked about the game. Um, I, I want to talk about the commercials. I felt like, as a whole. The commercials were, like, outside of, like, the top two, they were relatively weak. I feel like that's kind of been a trend these last, like, five to six years.
1: I feel like this, most of the time, the past four years, before this one, they were just outright bad. This year's commercials were mostly meh. Yeah. You know what that's I mean? way to put it. A lot of mid. A lot of mid. Nothing was terrible. But... <laughs> A lot of, lot of me. I really liked the, uh,
0: the, the. What was it? The electric car one with uh, Arnold as.
1: Uh, oh yeah, Zeus with Zeus. Uh, Tom Hayek. Oh my. Yeah. God. She is gorgeous.
0: <laughs> that outfit. I was like, oh my god, there's, there's children watching this. Um, but I liked that one. I liked the Bud Light soda with Guy uh, Fieri where yeah, he, Mayor Flavor
1: Town. <laughs> That was a good one. I like. I enjoyed that one. Um, they
0: brought back the E Trade baby.
1: Yeah, but I would have liked to have seen the actual E Trade baby commercial, like in mm-hmm. the second half. Like I would have liked, like they bring him back. I don't. I don't know what movie that's referencing, but I I know it's a movie reference because I've seen that scenario multiple times where the dude's chopping wood and they bring him back on a helicopter.
0: Uh, I'd have to go back and rewatch it. I don't think I picked up on that. Um. Yeah, I, I would agree that overall they, they were pretty, pretty mid. Um, however, they kind of came out of the gate hot in the first couple minutes. Well, not for the first couple commercial breaks with some movie trailers um, and not full on trailers. It was kind of a lot of like, we're going to show you a 30 second TV spot because. A, a full two minute, two and a half minute long. um you know a piece of time to be way too expensive so right off the bat we got the tv spot for dr strange and the multiverse of madness um thoughts
1: pretty excited um obviously it wasn't in my top 10 but i'm i am looking forward to it it's just a lot of like i don't know what's going on um Heard the voice of Patrick Stewart, so I'm interested yeah. to see how that works now. So,
0: part of me is kind of surprised that that was something that they had given away in the trailer, but that also makes me think like, if 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 they're willing to give us that little bit, like if that's the tip of the iceberg, what else is going to be happening in this movie? So, uh I that also no Doctor Strange did make my top ten. I think I in uh, my most anticipated issue, but I think it was towards the bottom and that trailer did a really, really great job at sort of bringing me back in. Um, and unlike my approach to Spider-Man, I hope we don't get anything else. I hope they leave it at this. Let that marinate. Now we're three months out. I think a little, a little under three months out from the movie. So let's just, um, let's just let that thing marinate for a bit. Um, a trailer that didn't get any sort of TV time for the Super Bowl, but they did drop it in the couple hours leading up to the Super Bowl was Nope.
1: Yep. What did you think? Super hyped for this. Oh movie. yeah, super yeah. hyped for this movie. I
0: I didn't know. I I don't remember. Did, did we did we know it was about aliens? Like when we had talked no, about this. No. Okay. All right. So I couldn't remember if I had known that or not. I th- I think I had figured it was some sort of, like, psychological horror movie. Um, but, man, they did a really great job at, like, showing us the bare minimum, but at the same time building up that excitement. And I think I had Nope, like, right around, like, the mid of my, like, top, I, I anticipated, and it might be near the top now. That trailer was great. Oh, yeah, I'm super excited. Oh, man, it was so creepy. There's that one shot where I don't remember who it is. I think it might be uh, Daniel Kaluuya's character where he's trying to like walk around what looks like a stable, like a horse stable. And you just see like the top of the alien's head. Like, Oh, my God. Coming around the corner. It was super creepy. The one
1: yeah, the one where um, I mean, it was just the great like the shining style where the from Jordan Peele comes down yes. the screen. I was like, oh, yeah. Yeah. Now,
0: Jordan Peele was he won an Oscar for um, was it was it writing for Get Out? Yes, I he believe won, so. Yeah. For best writing. He didn't win for us. I don't think.
1: No, he didn't get. I don't think they got. He got nominated for us.
0: Um, I'm hoping that. This brings him into, I mean, I, I hate saying this, but I would really love to see this movie, assuming it's, it's as good as it looks to be in that best picture cat, you know, in that conversation this time next year. Um, but again, we still got to see it. So I don't want to jump too far ahead. Um, I'm trying to think of what else we got. We got a, another moon night TV spot. Um which was great. It was a quick 30-second spot. I doubt we get anything else for that show because we're already like five or six weeks away, I think, from it. Or maybe like six. We, al-
1: we also got a Lord of the Rings trailer. <sighs> yeah. Uh, How would you feel about that? Pretty, pretty excited. Okay. I'm, I'm definitely going to watch it. Obviously, big Lord of the Rings guy. Um, the trailer already has like 257 million views on YouTube, which is twice the amount of any Marvel really In the same like time span. I think, uh, yeah. Now as someone who, who has not seen any of the movies
0: I've seen fellowship, I was just really little and it was like, I haven't seen it in how old am I? I probably haven't seen it in like 15 or 16 years and I can't really tell you much about it. I will be watching all three of the movies before that series comes out. Cause I do want to watch the series. Um, there's a lot of skepticism surrounding that trailer. Um, I haven't watched the Hobbit movies, but I saw a lot of people saying that that trailer felt too much like the Hobbit movies and how that's not a good thing. I don't know anything about this. Um, so that didn't really affect me too much. Um, however, that's sort of like right. That genre is right up my alley as something that I think I'm going to enjoy. So I am excited
1: for it. Oh, it's definitely interesting. I think it's the Peter Jackson's not involved at all. So this will be a very a different take on the world. So I'm mm. excited to see how it goes.
0: And it takes place before Fellowship, right? Oh, thousands of years
1: before Fellowship and uh, the Hobbit.
0: Okay. Already. So we ain't getting no Frodo cameos. No. Unfortunate. Unfortunate. No, Andy
1: Circus. none of those characters.
0: And then they don't really have any like, Um, I don't want to say any. Well, I am going to say like they don't have any recognizable cast members. I don't think like, these are all relatively like, I don't want to call them unknowns out of respect, but they're kind of
1: unknown. I have not seen the cast list, so I'm going to. I'm going to. I mean to say that's probably right because I don't know the names that are popping up when you uh, look it up, Mm -hmm. but yeah,
0: yeah, I'm I'm still excited for it. Um, I don't think did we get any other trailers or any other TV spots?
1: Not that I can think of. Um, I think they did another. Jurassic World Dominion, but the trail, like I said, the trailer already dropped.
0: Mm, you know what we got is we we got the uh, Showtime Lakers trailer, document- not all that document uh, no that, I don't want to call it documentary because it's not a documentary, but that show about the Showtime Lakers with um
1: John C. Riley,
0: John C. Riley, which looks good. Like that's something that I think I'm I'm gonna watch. Um, I've kind of enjoyed these. Uh, what genre is that called? Cause it's not a it, it's not a doc. Well, just I don't even it, whatever Pam and Tommy is where it's like sort of like a documentary because it kind of goes over stuff that actually happened. But it, it's all with actors. Is there is there a name for that genre
1: just based on a true story? I guess historical I guess. drama sort of. Yeah, I guess I'm overthinking it. But that does look really,
0: really good. Um, And we got that. And I don't think that we got anything else. I, I think that. I don't know how many more times I can be disappointed um, by expecting a Kenobi trailer and being let down. Um, this is like two or three times now. I thought for sure we were getting one during the Super Bowl because that airs at the, uh, the end of May. I think it was May 25th. On the, that.
1: I can't remember what anniversary it is of New Hope, but New Hope also came out on May yes. 25th, whatever it was, 1977. Yeah.
0: So I guess what would that be, 45 years, 55 years?
1: 55 I think
0: yeah so that that'll you know we'll we'll get the trailer eventually I guess um no other Marvel trailers no um I'm trying to think of uh, if there was anything else I don't think there was so I kind of jam-packed all of them in the very very beginning um which you know I'm sure a lot of people appreciated and um and yeah Think that probably wraps up the, the Super Bowl commercial uh spots, but what did you think of the halftime show?
1: I was a big fan. Yeah. Uh I thought it was pretty good. I thought it looked cool. I thought the setup was nice. They made the most of their set, basically. Um, all the songs were cool. Yeah, I thought it was a good show. Is
0: it just me, or have halftime shows been getting shorter and shorter?
1: I don't know. Uh it, felt like it was a while it just like when there's multiple artists and they're only performing for a short time yeah i feel like that makes you feel like it's shorter because you're not experiencing the full song Mm -hmm. but yeah
0: i think they clocked it at like 12 and a half minutes if for whatever reason i just feel like like when i think about like older halftime shows um to me that seems a bit on the shorter end but it was it was really good dude i i really enjoy um I don't want to call it like that era, like of rap music, but like, if, if anyone's near our age, you know, I would say in between anywhere between 25 and 30 years old, a lot of those songs are what we sort of grew up on. Like I kind of got flashbacks to like playing basketball in my driveway with like the neighbor kids listening to like our local, like hit radio station, like for 12 hours a day in the summer. Um, 50 cent was always on Mary J Blige. Um, it was probably a little after Snoop Dogg and Dre's time. They're they are the old heads of 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 that genre, but it was great and I loved Kendrick's set. Kendrick to me was the best.
1: Yeah. You like I I I don't know, man. Fifty Cent hanging upside down. <laughs> in the club. I mean, if you <laughs> haven't listened to In the Club on your birthday at least once in your life, you're yeah. you're duh. Like, what is wrong with you?
0: Yeah, and he was he was one of the surprises. They had teased certain surprises throughout the uh, or leading up to the super bowl um and he was the surprise and i mean what a great surprise i just want to know how long he was hanging up there for because dre and snoop performed for like four or five minutes and i'm like i don't remember that that part of the of the stage or whatever being like curtained off like he had to have just been up there
1: uh I doubt he was hanging up the whole time. I I I'm sure he like came up, stood and then like, you know, they reach a point in the song and he's like, "All right, get me up there."
0: Yeah. I guess it was really good though. I was a really really big fan. People are already crowning it like the best Super Bowl halftime show ever. I don't I don't know when they started doing the halftime shows. That's I know like in the 80s, late 80s, early maybe early 90s when they started doing the halftime shows.
1: I mean, I'm it became different. a – yeah, it started becoming a production, I believe, in like probably 80s or 90s. So um, a lot of people have been talking about Beyonce having one of the best ones also. Uh, Michael Jackson's up there. Yeah, Prince. Prince a lot of people there. like Prince. Be- uh, hasn't
0: Beyonce done, 2 Didn't she do a solo one and then one with Bruno Mars?
1: She did the solo one and then she did the one with Coldplay. Coldplay. 50. Bruno okay. Mars with red, with the Red Hot Chili Peppers.
0: Oh, man, are you sure? Yeah. Okay. And then I, I, I think about recent years, I really liked uh, Lady Gaga's one from, I think that's about like five or six years old now. Um, hers was good. I We talked about this on the, I think on the halftime show. Not, not on the halftime show, but on the episode with Duran. I think we talked about it. I was a really big fan of The Weekends from last was year last year I really really liked that one and uh I'm just glad that there that it was a good one because w- when those are boring it, it it's it's such a bummer because I, there's so many people that watch the Super Bowl just for the halftime show and the commercials so <sighs> any other thoughts on the big game before we
1: sort of move on um I don't think so. Uh said everything that said by the time this episode drops, you know, Super Bowl football season will be over for a week. Already got people saying Patrick Mahomes is in a top five quarterback on the hot take shows. <laughs> so you know we're in they're in that period of the year already where people, you know, they're they're starting to take their crazy takes, to try to keep the football spark alive.
0: I I hate this this era of the off season or this stage of the off season or the football season that we're about to enter, which is the first month of the off season where it is nothing but hot takes. And then that quickly turns into hot takes for the draft. And then free agencies like right before that, this is just not a great time for the NFL, but the NFL survives all year round because of this period. Um, so, uh, so yeah, are you, are you going to be putting any futures on Joey B making it back to the Super Bowl next
1: year? I don't know about Super Bowl. I mean, I gonna wait to do all my preseason betting until like the week before the season starts. Really? I need to go through free agency. We need to go through many major injuries in the preseason, and you know what I mean? Because like the Ravens, I mean, like yeah, boy, if you took them as division winners in July, you probably were like, yeah, and then you saw J.K. Dobbins go down. Yeah, you saw like Marlon Humphrey go to you were just like, oh, well, there's the flip side of that, too. Like if
0: anybody at the end of last season put a future on the Bengals to reach the Super Bowl, like what the hell were the odds on that? Like plus five thousand
1: or one twenty five to one. So you um, to win the Super Bowl to make this to win the AFC probably like half that one. So seventy five to one or something. you know what I mean? Something right.
0: So there's a the flip side of it too. You can, re- but you're you could really really cash in, or you could get royally screwed like in that in that Raven scenario. So it's like it's like that second level of gambling. You're you're gambling on your gamble already by doing everything so early. So you know, to each their own, I guess. Um. Yep. All right, let's let's get into the meat of this episode. Right. I think I think we've talked about the movie trailers. We've talked about the Super Bowl. Let's get into the meat of it. Peacekeeper season one. Peacemaker. Did I say peacekeeper? Yep. Uh, Did I say peacekeeper in the very beginning, too? You've said it multiple times. Peacekeeper, peacemaker. You're right. It's peacemaker. Yeah. Thanks for the correction on that. Um, Peacemaker. Um, Now, we both have now watched the show in its entirety. Uh-uh. Um, we've talked about it sort of offline a couple times, but walk me through your reactions now that we've watched all eight episodes.
1: It was a really good show, um, much better than the suicide squad movie that inspired it. It was really funny at times. I mean, there are some, a lot, I mean, there's one part bit that made me really laugh um in the middle of the season um and some really good drama this is yeah. probably john cena's best acting role by a mile and a half um they perfectly shaped the role so that he did exactly what he was good at doing and nothing more you know what i mean um and just a really great show
0: yeah a hundred percent i think um my, my only part I was skeptical on going into the show was how's John Cena going to carry, you know, an entire season of a TV show because we haven't seen him in that. And, you know, do it over that long of like a a body of work, Mm -hmm. but, um, he's exactly what you would expect in those comedic like times. Like he's, he is John Cena, but there is kind of a surprising amount of drama and just general emotion in this show. um, Starts to pick up, you know, as you kind of progress through it, as as you start to get some episodes under your belt. And he does a really good job of that, too. But I think that this show is made by the cast of characters that they put around him. I loved everybody in this show. Everybody is like I I don't want to say like perfectly cast, but you like we've already talked about how we both feel about vigilante. To me, he was my favorite character this entire show, but you have Adebayo, who's great, and she really shines um, towards the end of the series. You have Harcourt, who is really, really great, who I also didn't know is married to James Gunn. That's James Gunn's wife. Yeah. I did not know that. Um, You have – I forget the tech dude's name who dyes his beard already. Oh, what's his name? He's great. He was actually from the Suicide Squad
1: movie. He was the one. John Economos is the character's name. Steve Agee is the actor's name.
0: What do they call him in the show? Do they call him John? Economos. Economos. Why does that not sound familiar? I don't know. That's strange. Um, Yeah, no, this series was really, really surprising. Um, Obviously, we don't, we're we're not going to do episode by episode breakdown here, but, um, What what moments stood out to you as like your favorite episodes or your favorite parts or whatever it may be?
1: My favorite parts, your favorite episodes, parts. What stood out to you? The funniest. Bit to me is when John Cena is naming all the people that Economos could have (laughs) (laughs) pinned other than his dad. Ariana Grande, you could never pin it on Ariana. She's too sweet. That's plausible. <laughs> the list of all the names, all the characters, the Mario, Mario, Luigi, Yoshi. Oh my god, that was pretty. That had me rolling. Um, I think that the comedy, and then of course the comedy from Vigilante was just oh crazy. <laughs> What's your favorite color? Teal, dude. Yes or no questions. <laughs> he he was
0: he was such a pleasant surprise. Um, I'm not all too familiar with the vigilante that we got in. I think it was that CW show. Was in Arrow, it? The, yeah. In it Arrow, very yeah. different. Yeah. Um, I I loved this take on 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 him. Um, to me, he's the MVP of the of the season. Um, in the series so far but my absolute favorite favorite scene, I think it's in episode five when Adebayo sort of guilt, um, vigilante into getting himself, uh, thrown into prison, the same prison that, uh, Peacemaker's dad is currently in. Yeah. And he throws, he tries, <laughs> and he's trying to drag the picnic table in front of all the other officers that are, like, clearly on their lunch break. And then he, and then he ends up, like, taking the garbage can and throwing it through the window to get arrested. And then the scene he has where he sits on at the table with them after he's been in prison. And he's like, we should all, like, hang out. And then basically calls them all out. And I, there's words that he says that I cannot repeat um, on, on on this episode. But. The way he calls them out, all them out for like being racist is amazing. Oh, and that, I saw that clip viral, like on Twitter and TikTok and like on Facebook for like the next like two or three weeks. It was so, so good. Um, but overall, as a series, I was like pleasantly surprised Now you said this was like I think your exact words were much better than Suicide Squad. I, I know I liked Suicide Squad a little bit more than you did. Um, but it's certainly better. Like, and what's nice is you don't really have to have watched suicide squad
1: to sort of get what's going on here. Um I mean, they, anything from suicide squad that's irrelevant. They pretty much show you. Yes.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And most of that's just do, uh, just the fact that he's killed Rick flag. Yeah. Um, and he's, he's kind of, uh, you know, uh, fl- he flashes back to that a couple of times, but, um, I, I would say one of my favorite performances, and I'm, I'm not going to be able to pronounce his name. Is it Chuck Woody? Iwoji, the guy who plays Mern? Yeah. He was great. And I just recently learned he's joining the MCU. Mm. I don't know in what role.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They did announce that. Um, he's in Guardians 3, another James Gunn.
0: That makes sense. I guess I should have probably uh, figured that out. But I've never seen him in anything, have you?
1: I have not. uh, I'm looking at his filmography now. He's apparently in John Wick 2. Oh. Uh, He was in that West. No, never mind. Um, Everything else he's been in, I would not have seen.
0: Yeah, that was kind of the case for a lot of these actors. I would say that obviously the two most recognizable were John Cena and Robert Patrick.
1: Yeah, oh, Um, by far.
0: If you don't know Robert Patrick, uh, Terminator 3, right? Terminator 2. 2. Terminator 2. 2. Um, Terminator
1: 2, The X-Files. He was on the last two seasons of that. Um, I don't know who is watching these shows, but he was on that show Scorpion on CBS.
0: That's not a real show. You just made that up. (laughs) You just made that up. That's not not a real
1: thing. It was. It was based. Yeah, it's like this show about these four, like, Super smart people, and they like solve these random problems. And he's like the FBI agent who handler for them or something. You know, some weird stuff like that. How many seasons of that show? I'm looking this up because there's four or no five. Way. No way. Yeah, dude, it's a CBS network show. We don't watch those. That's for OWS. Oh goodness,
0: goodness, goodness. Oh, I see it here. Yeah. Okay. Wow, that's that's a thing. 2014 yep. to 2018. Oh man, he his character I he so obviously I let let's give a spoiler alert really quick. We'll start talking about
1: some of the specifics. Yeah, let's give the spoilerly spoiler alert. Caw, ee, ee, caw, caw. That uh screech was Eagly's
0: screech. Eagly. <laughs> Unmistakably Eagly. Unmistakably. Um by the way,
1: you know they have a voice actor does Eagley.
0: No, or. they don't. Do they really?
1: D. Badly Baker, who also voices all the clones in Clone Wars. Oh, my God. The series and Rebels. What a
0: yeah. gig. What a gig.
1: Um,
0: all right. First thing I want to say, Robert Patrick plays the most despicable human being in this show. Like. Oh, yeah. You knew that he was rotten from the get go like i think it's in episode 1 we're introduced to him and he's like you know he's his dad and he didn't really you can tell what right about it. he doesn't give a shit about him um and then you learn that he's really this like mega racist individual uh has like uh, is some sort of leader in the KKK um uh, and goes by the alias is it the white dragon
1: White Dragon, yes.
0: Which is actually a character in the DC Comics that was, like, notoriously racist.
1: Yep. That's wild.
0: Um, I, I don't know if him being Peacemaker's father is canon, but that was a really interesting way to sort of get you to sympathize with Peacemaker a bit. Because we, if you've seen Suicide Squad, you come into the show not being the biggest fan of Peacemaker. Yeah. And I was really trying to figure out like how they were going to make this work because I'm like, oh, Peacemaker's kind of an asshole. Um, And then they do a really, really good job at sort of writing a little bit more depth to his character. But yeah, Robert Patrick's character is just the worst. Um, The only other person that we get from the movie, uh, while we do get Amanda Waller very minimally, um, we do get what's his name again? John uh Eka, the tech dude, Economos? Economos. Economos. Why does that not sound familiar? I
1: don't know. They say it several times.
0: Okay, so Economos is from the Suicide Squad. I don't believe Harcourt is. I think she is, actually. Is she? Okay, so yeah. she... She was a part of like she was in Amanda Waller's room. Oh, you know what? Is she the one that after Amanda Waller gets knocked out in Suicide Squad, she sort of takes the lead and directs them a little bit? Yeah. But the the, the premise of this show is that Peacemaker has been in prison um, for, I think they say, four years after the events of the Suicide Squad. And he is released from prison and gets picked up by a black operatives team. To sort of do this top top secret mission of um uh taking out an alien race that has infiltrated all different levels of of Earth. And on his team is Amelia Hardcore, played by Jennifer Holland. Um, Chuck, I already forgot his name again. Help me. Economos. Economos. That's I'm never gonna remember that. Economos. Um look. I think it's at a bio. Um, who is surprisingly, like, not the main character, but a strong, strong secondary character. She probably gets the most screen time. And they are all um, uh, under the command or the guidance of Myrn, who is the top dog in this uh, on this team. And it's just, like... It's like your typical but superhero story, but at the same time, not your typical superhero story. Because almost anything that you expect to happen doesn't happen. And I realized this in episode one, where he goes back with that girl from the bar. And we should probably mention that this series was TVMA or... Um, I I, rated
1: R for basically. Yeah,
0: it, it, it's, it's intense. Um, and there's this scene where he is engaging in sexual activity with this woman. And then she tries to kill him. And the fight leads all the way out to the parking lot where he puts on his little peacekeeper helmet, peacemaker, God, peacemaker. And, um, absolutely destroys her, blows her up in pieces all over the, uh, parking lot. And I was like, oh, this is not this is a Marvel. This is this isn't what I'm familiar with. Um th- this was this was bloody. This was gory, which was refreshing for a superhero um show. Um but as as the series goes on, you start to take a little bit of a deeper look into all these characters. They eventually pick up Vigilante, who's like the like the annoying friend of Peacemaker. Um who in in many ways is like a child. He kind of has like the uh, social awareness of a child, which leads to so many funny moments. Um, but I th- I thought they did a really really great job at keeping everybody, or or telling the story of every individual character. Like you sort of get a peek into Ada Bio's life with her wife, and um, you know what it's like to have your mother be Amanda Waller. Um, you get a peek into obviously Peacemaker. Um, even, even vigilante a little bit. Um, and then obviously what happens with Mern where you, we realize about halfway through that he's not actually Mern and he's one of the butterflies, but he's a good butterfly. I just was pleasantly surprised as to how they told the story over eight episodes.
1: Yeah. The butterfly thing, really, I was like, they're kind of stretching this butterfly thing out a little bit, but then when they reveal what's going on, I was like, this is nice. Like, I was like, that was pretty cool. Um. The way they build the team out, too, like the way they kind of come together, fall apart, come back together in the finale. It all worked for me.
0: I was really I think we were at episode six um, when I was like, OK, you're kind of everything going on with Peacemaker's dad sort of coming to a head and everything. And then I'm like, at some point, we're going to have to move on to the obviously greater threat, which is the Butterflies. Um, I really liked how they finished, well, h- how they finished the Peacemaker's dad story arc. Like, I mean, I didn't think he was going to kill him. And that scene, again, kind of credit to John Cena for being able to take on some of the uh, dramatic moments that James Gunn put into the show. Um, that surprisingly worked.
1: Yeah, no, I... He, and I also really liked in the in the finale where he's kind of sees the ghost and he's yeah. freaking out like I love that. And that's set up for season two where he's going to be dealing with this demon sort of in his head the whole time.
0: You know. I've I, OK, so you brought up the finale. Let's let's focus on the finale here for a second, because um It wraps up, it wraps up the entire story that season one is trying to tell. This is one of the better finales to a season that I could remember. Like, like in, in recent memory.
1: Yeah, this is, it was really good. I was, I was, I was surprised at how, how well they pulled it off.
0: I, you know, you kind of get a little bit of everything. Like you mentioned, there is some drama because he is seeing, um, his dad in certain situations, Cause there's, you know, that only happened mere hours ago, you know, like he's still trying to process what exactly he had to do. Um, The action was great. I mean, again, with this being rated R rated, you know, TVMA, whatever the hell it was, you're able to, to do so much more. And that scene where Harcourt Peacemaker and vigilante, Decide to get involved after they do the sonic boom at like three or four times, and they're just calmly walking up to the th- to the intro theme, the intro song to the series, yeah. and vigilante's cutting through people. Hardcore's got the shotgun mowing people down, um, and Peacemaker's got the P ninety and he's shredding people. It's just it, it's it's nice to see. I, I guess I'll say something a little bit more realistic. That sounds very silly to say because like it's just shows about alien butterflies, but in Marvel, you don't see people getting mowed down. A lot of those things happen off screen or it's left up to assumption that like, Oh, this city is falling from the sky. Obviously a lot of people are, are dying here, but we don't ever get to see that sort of drama. So, but you get to see it here and it was really, really refreshing. Yeah. What did you think about the cameo
1: at the very, the cameos at the very, very end? I was shocked. (laughs) Um, I did think it was funny. Don't get me wrong. But um, uh, yeah, I was like, when they saw the silhouettes, I was like, okay, so they got the silhouettes and the silhouettes look close. I was like, so yeah, that's what we're going to get. That's, that's cool. And then Jason Momoa turns like, I'm going to end up stupid rumor and Barry's like it is a rumor right fuck you Barry
0: (laughs) yeah they they, so they they obviously only got Ezra and Jason
1: Momoa which makes sense right the two that have movies coming out later this year
0: and they've already moved on from Henry Cavill which that is upsetting in a different conversation entirely but um no I was the same way I when when she made the call when Adebayo made the call in the very beginning to her mom and she was like, hey, she's called the Justice League or something. I was like, are they? No, no way they're going to show up, right? Like, and then you see it at the very, very end. And I had already forgotten, you know, right? Because at that point, the resolution's there. Like, the problem's been solved. Everybody that needed to die is dead. But then you see <laughs> Jason Momoa. And I love that they kept the inside joke going. Because th- th- throughout the series, Uh, There's a few instances where, like, somebody asks Peacemaker about these other superheroes like Superman and Batman and uh, uh, Aquaman, and he's got, like, a crazy story for all of them. It's, like, why they're either cool or, for the most part, why they all suck. And the one he has for Aquaman is that he, for lack of a better term, fucks fish. (laughs) And that's like an ongoing thing. And then to see him at the very, very end. And then he's like, You guys are late. Like, uh, I don't remember exactly what he says, but he's like, He he brings up with a joke. And then for Aquaman to be like, God, I'm sick of this. And then Barry, he turned to Barry. He's like, It's, but it's true. And he's like, Fuck you, Barry. (laughs) That's amazing. I loved that. That was great.
1: Indeed. Um, what did you think about the butterflies offered a peacemaker before he killed him? Like at the very end when they say what they're there for.
0: Yeah, I, so I felt like that maybe landed a little too close to home because <coughs> what, for those of you that maybe aren't r- realize what he's referring to is at the very, very end when there's like two butterflies left, um, peacemakers having a conversation with one of them and it ends up being the same one that he keeps in the jar and like feeds through, through like half the season. I think the butterfly's name is gough and they sort of explain while they're there. And the whole thing about how like you, like we're killing the planet ourselves. We're dooming ourselves. We're here to make the decisions that you guys can't make. Um, Yeah. That really hit a little close to home. I was like, Oh man, like, yeah, this is what we're doing, isn't it? Like, I, I, I understand that the most likely demise of a human uh, race existence is going to be ourselves. I'm well aware of that. We're, we're lucky enough where it's not going to happen in our lifetime, but that's unfortunately why nobody's doing anything about it. So I, I, I liked it. it. It landed with me.
1: Would you have would you have joined them?
0: Oh, man, I, I would have had to ask more questions. Like, are you guys going to just be at random? Like, because when, when a butterfly takes over a human, they, they kill them and it's kind of brutal. They enter in through different orifices of the body and basically, like, take over all motor functions and... Um, kill what, you know, I, I, I don't, I don't know what to get into medical terms, exactly what part of your brain is you is, but I don't know. I mean, maybe if I could have gotten some sort of promises, like, okay, well, you guys are only going to invade the pieces of shit, right? Like, you're not going to go and get like my neighbor or like me, but like, it, it, it's a very interesting question because it does make you think, what about you?
1: Yeah, I might have taken him up on it. I'm not going to lie to you. <laughs> might have taken him up on it. But, you know, it's a TV show. What are we going to do? It'd be
0: hard to blame somebody because that for a moment there, you can see Peacemaker's contemplating it. And then he ultimately decides against it. And then there's that follow-up conversation he has without a bio, I think, at the hospital. Yeah. And um, she's like, why didn't you do it? And he's like, damn, the did I just doom the world or did I just kill the world or or something like that? And so, yeah, it really makes you think, but I, I was a little, cause that's, that was the only time that we ever even got a hint of what their motive was. The entire time we thought it was just domination and taking over the world. Um, and the kind of drop that on us in the last like 20 or so minutes was interesting, but it worked.
1: Gotcha. Yeah. Did you, uh, have you seen Rick and Morty? Do you watch Rick no, and Morty? I do not. Okay. Because there's the... the I mean, the best episode of this past season, in my opinion, involves Morty dating a, a female Captain Planet, basically. <laughs> and uh, it's a similar, I would say... You have to watch the episode to get it, but like there's yeah. analogs to his decision. And obviously her be being Captain Planet, the climate change stuff is much more overt in that show. Uh but uh, it was an interesting um debate for sure.
0: What did you think? Um so I guess the part that really, really hit like close to home for me was when Goff is going over their actual motive and they bring up the fact that the humans uh perceive temporary restrictions for the greater good as taking away one's freedom i was like oh if that's not about covid i don't know what (laughs) it is i was like oh man so like that that was interesting like i'm i'm i don't know if that like went over anyone's head like that really hit with me and i was like
1: yeah it you're right maybe i would have joined them i don't know yeah that's what i'm saying i i don't think you know and i like but i liked that it was within his character to to yeah. say no to do it to, to to make take the action he did you know basically he's overcome the fact that it, you know his brother dying isn't going to define what he does for the rest of his life basically so and you know he chose to care about the people around him so yeah. that was kind of cool i'm interested to see what happens with season 2 now like what direction they go um, because obviously all the different people are going to be in different areas. Economos is whatever he's doing at Bell Rev, Atabio is off whatever. Um, Harcourt, I assume, still works for Argus, but her and Peacekeeper keep clearly have something going, yeah, something there. Which is that's a gotta be hard as for James Gunn to be like, I'm gonna write that my. <laughs> wife is eventually going to hook up with John Cena. if That's the direction it goes.
0: (laughs) I I love the subtlety and like making us believe that like that was maybe happening there at the very end, but also him never actually writing that into the script. Like they, they never kiss. They never do any of that. It's the most we get is them holding hands, but, but you know, they they do sort of end up together at the end. Um, which I thought about that. He was like, oh, James Gunn, I see what you're doing. I see what you're doing.
1: But yeah. Um, so that was, I liked that. Um, yeah. And we also got to the Viola Davis cameo at the end, too, when Anabio is talking about yeah. Argus and Suicide Squad. And basically, he's like, boom, it's over. She's is that like, the what?
0: only time she was on camera? Like, was she not there in the beginning?
1: I think she was on camera in episode one, too. Okay. I think, yeah. briefly. It was definitely her voice in episode one, I think.
0: Yes. Yeah. I couldn't remember if we had just gotten her voice or we actually saw her. Um, and if we did see her, it could have been unused footage. Like, cause I think they picked this up. They started filming this right after Suicide Squad. I think that I read that somewhere.
1: Well, very close because he had, he had the idea for Peacemaker, I think after, during suicide, some at some point. Okay. And so he wrote it must, they, they must've written the episodes right after
0: It's crazy because James Gunn is sort of approaching this territory with me if he's not there already where it's like there's there's very little doubt that anything that he does that, you know, that that I'm not going to enjoy it. He's getting that sort of like um, uh, uh, power over me, um, I guess is a weird way to put it. But everything he does is 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 really solid for the most part. I'm not all too familiar with with his work outside of like superhero properties, I'm trying to think of like James Gunn.
1: There is, um, he's got like a horror movie called slither was his big. Um, I would say break. He did the Scooby-Doo movies. He wrote, no. them. he wrote Scooby-Doo and Scooby-Doo two monsters Island. He didn't direct them, but he did write them.
0: Oh, those are classics. <laughs>
1: And then matters. he did a movie called Super, which was like people thought was a ripoff of Kick-Ass, even though, you know what I mean? They were just making mm-hmm. them at the same, but Super with, uh, it's got Rain Wilson, aka Dwight.
0: Yeah.
1: Elliot Page, Liv Tyler, Kevin Bacon. I'm
0: gonna have to watch that. Um, he wrote Dawn
1: of the Dead, which is
0: great. I love that movie.
1: Yeah. Um, other than that, you know, oh, and the Belko experiment, another horror movie, Belko, and *Brightburn*.
0: Oh, I never saw *Brightburn*. I heard it was like kind of good, though.
1: Yeah, he only produced like, *Brightburn*. He didn't write it, so. Okay.
0: Um and yeah, obviously he's done all of the *Guardians of the Galaxy* stuff, and he's sort of this big this big um, promoter for the idea of a Marvel and DC crossover. Yeah. It seems the the most likely uh, avenue for that to happen would be through him because he's directed DC properties. And obviously he's done all the gardens of the galaxies. And he's also been the producer on a lot of the Avengers films. Um. So yeah, J- James Gunn. I mean, I, I may have to go back and, watch him. the stuff like slither seems interesting to me the belco
1: experiment seems interesting he didn't um, direct the belco experiment now he just right. wrote it yeah he, he wrote up he's also of course doing suicides or guardians 3 the holiday special yep. and That's he's writing year. coyote versus acme oh no way
0: yeah. i didn't know that was a thing yep. wait didn't i just see some castings for this john Cena? Out? Is the yes, villain in, y- that's in what, okay. the movie? That's what I saw. They just got announced a couple of days ago. Yep. Uh that'll be interesting. Um, n- not to steer the conversation off of uh, James Gunn or Peacemaker. Well, I guess before I ask this next question, any other thoughts you'd like to to share on Peacemaker, um, are either season one or season two that we know we're now getting?
1: No, I'm just excited. I thought it was really good, really funny, hit home emotionally more than I probably thought it was going to. And uh thought it was I thought it was quality. Don't know what to tell you.
0: Yeah, I a mean, ditto. Pleasantly surprised. Um, I don't think you have to be a fan of superhero stuff to enjoy it. Uh, so if you're somebody who's listening who is maybe more turned off to superhero projects, I would recommend this as one of those that you may enjoy. Um so that being said, there was one more movie trailer that I wanted to ask you about that actually dropped today. But we've talked about this, this film. Um, do, you, do you know what I'm about to bring up? No. Um, we've briefly talked about the fact that there is an Elvis Presley movie coming out mm. um, starring Tom Hanks, not as Elvis, but Austin Butler as Elvis. And we got the trailer today. Did you get a chance to see it? I'm assuming no. No. Okay. I would recommend giving it a watch. Um, I by no means am an Elvis Presley fan. Um, but obviously the influence he has on music is like undeniable. Um, this looks good. Like I'm like I I am now intrigued about this movie. Um, are you familiar with Austin Butler? No. We haven't talked about Austin Butler before. He was, um, he's a Disney guy. He was in, I'm trying to think of his most recent thing. He was in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. He was the, uh, the, the disciple, I guess, or the, the, the cult guy who gets attacked by Brad Pitt's dog at the very end, who claims himself to be
1: the devil. Oh, yeah. Tex. Yeah. Tex. Yes. He's based on a real, um, uh, What's the word? Um, yeah, the real Tex Watson was a real, oh. like all of them are, the people that go to attack. I didn't know that. Not not Margaret Qualley's character, I don't think, but but his is, yes. Um, yeah, he's playing
0: Elvis, and I was skeptical, like, before I saw the trailer of how they were going to make him look like Elvis, because it's like he's like this really, really skinny individual. But watching the trailer, I was like, ooh, they kind of did a really good job. So I don't know if you got a chance to see that or not, but I know we've talked about this movie very briefly and the trailer dropped today. So I figured
1: I'd ask. No, I have not. Um, The thing I did see, which you shared, was the Stranger Things season four poster and some details about how it's twice as long as season three and all that.
0: I did not see
1: that. It's twice as long as season three, they're saying.
0: How many episodes was season three? Eight? Eight?
1: I think so, 8 or 10. But like it's um broken up into two parts. One will drop May and the other will drop July.
0: Oh, okay. All righty. So I I saw that there were two volumes and yeah. I they're 5 weeks apart. So I had assumed that they were going to finally do weekly releases for these episodes. But that wouldn't make sense because May 27th to July 1st would only be five episodes. So now it's occurred to me that they're not going to do weekly releases. They're just going to drop volume one on May 27th. Then you're going to have some time to build up some hype and then drop volume two on July 1st. Okay, that's interesting. I like that, though. My biggest gripe with a lot of these Netflix shows is that they don't always do weekly releases because I don't have the self-control. To not binge watch an entire season. That's what I did with season three. I watched season three in one sitting. On the 4th of July 2019 baby. Woke up at like 5am. Binge watched it. Went to a cookout. Was fried. Couldn't stay awake.
1: Yeah and they also announced that Stranger Things season five will be the final season.
0: Which is it's kind of nice to hear. Because at some point we're going to have to be done with this show. Um, I always appreciate maybe a show ending on the earlier side than letting it go on for too long, like <clears throat> the walking dead. Um, so good to know that we're finally getting a resolution of this.
1: You either die a hero or live long enough to see yourself become the villain.
0: Ain't that the truth. I have heard good things about the walking dead, like these last season or two, but I will, how you feel about game of Thrones is how I feel about the walking dead. I just, I, I can't, I can't forgive them for what they did to me. <laughs> um i'm really excited for stranger things season two if you can't if you can't tell season um, four. Oh my god i'm so off today season four i th- i was thinking that they were breaking it up into two different uh sections so that's where that came from um yeah they dropped like four or five different posters
1: they the one you dropped with the four posters aligned is really cool
0: yeah i because i i don't I, I can try and pull it up really quick, but it, we have like the four different storylines. It's like obviously Hopper in Russia
1: with Winona Ryder and um, the journalist guy. Um, was that
0: them? I don't think I picked up on that.
1: Yeah, you can tell because the dude's oh, bald spot. Yeah.
0: yeah. OK, wow. I shared this. I don't even think I looked at what I shared. I didn't realize that all four of these posters were combined here. That's really cool.
1: I yeah. I'm a fan of that. And if you look at the individual ones, at least for the one with uh, Finn Wolfhard, they're in California, where they moved. Yes. When they moved to Cali? Yeah.
0: Okay. Okay.
1: I think I. Well, that. I don't think they said they moved to Cali in the finale, but they were moving. Yes. And then Elevens by herself and then uh Dustin Caleb, oh, I can't remember her name, the character's name, Max, Max, Caleb's sister, Steve Nancy, and um some other oh Robin, I think are all on one, and then the other is I'm assuming it's Finn um it's Finn will. And then I can't tell who those two other people are.
0: Okay, wait, I'm very confused here because the the left side here. Okay. It's 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 clearly Finn, Mike. Oh actually, I'll call him Mike. Um, and then Will. Yep. And then who was that in front
1: that's not Steve, is it in front of him? I thought it was it I thought it was Steve, but I think Steve, if you look at the top, you know what I mean? Yeah, that's where Steve is on the left. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, that okay. Top left is unmistakably Steve. So this has got to be Jonathan. But this doesn't make sense because Jonathan and Will
1: moved. So who is this woman with the long hair next to Jonathan? Yeah, that's what it must be a new character we
0: i we are getting a couple new characters i'm I'm pretty sure I remember reading that somewhere and certainly i think I'm sure if you were to count the you know the number of heads that it probably is gonna be one or two more than the characters we left season uh season three with
1: yeah so um here's a question did um where's uh will's older brother
0: Okay, so Jonathan, I think that might be him walking ahead of Will on the left poster.
1: Okay, so that's Jonathan with the long with the uh, I don't
0: know because is that is that Mike with them? Is that Finn Wolfhart on the left? Yeah. Like, okay. That looks like him. But again, why is he with why is he with Will?
1: I don't know. I don't know. Cause didn't will. I can't remember. I have to rewatch this.
0: I and, and maybe it's just not supposed, maybe they're not supposed to be with the group that they ended with in season three, because that wouldn't wise, why why is Winona Ryder with David Harbor, then over on the right. Like that wouldn't make sense because he should be by himself. Um, so maybe that's just a sneak peek. as to, like who, like, like maybe there's going to be four groups that we're following. Cause, if you remember, we did get like a, like a, a teaser trailer that was just the group of Dustin, Caleb, Max, Steve, and I think, I think Nancy when yeah. they enter that, that, that old house. So maybe they're going to do this like in different groups, which they've sort of done for like a few epis a couple episode stretches in past seasons, mm-hmm. Um so I don't know. I'm really excited though. The end of May is kind of
1: crazy because we're yeah. getting Kenobi two days prior. Yeah. Episode one of Kenobi, or episodes Episode. whatever. Yeah. Maybe they two, drop maybe. one two. Yeah. Oh man,
0: shaping up to be a to be a hot summer with with Nope coming out, and I think the Elvis movie comes out in the summer too. Yeah. And obviously, Thor Love and Thunder. dropping in no yeah nope and all all in the middle of summer there so i'm excited i'm really excited um before we log off here have you secured uh batman tickets for yourself yet not yet no neither have i but i imagine we'll probably be doing some sort of review on that movie oh yeah cool 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 um anything else you'd like to say before we sort of wrap this up
1: no, I'm I'm good. Uh, just follow us on the give the old socials plug.
0: Yeah, yeah. You can follow us on Twitter. We're at Mind Popcorn. You can follow us on TikTok at Mind Popcorn. Um, and if you're following us on Twitter, you'll be able to find both mine and Chuck's personal Twitter handles right there in our bio. So that'd be awesome if you guys could. If you're listening to us on Spotify, if you can, go ahead and leave us a uh, a, a review. You can give us. Um, one out of five stars, two out of five, five out of five really doesn't matter, but we're still a few reviews away from being able to get our like average review score posted on our Spotify page. So that would mean a lot to, uh, to Chuck and I, but other than that, um, may or may not be back next week. We're sort of in this little strange period where nothing's really dropping. So, um, if we're back next week, that's great. Probably means we have, um a movie or a show to discuss, or maybe a draft or a ranking list or something like that. But, uh, but stay tuned. Indeed. All right. We will talk to everybody next time.